Chapters 14 through 15 of Irenaeus Against Heresies, Book 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Against Heresies by St. Irenaeus. Translated by Alexander Roberts and William H. Rombo. Chapters 14 through 15. Chapter 14. The Various Hypotheses of Marcus and Others. Theories Respecting Letters and Syllables. He declares that the infinitely exalted Tetrad descended upon him from the invisible and indescribable places in the form of a woman, for the world could not have borne it coming in its male form, and expounded to him alone its own nature and the origin of all things, which it had never before revealed to any one, either of gods or men. This was done in the following terms. When first the unoriginated, inconceivable father, who is without material substance and is neither male nor female, willed to bring forth that which is ineffable to him, and to endow with form that which is invisible, he opened his mouth and sent forth the word similar to himself, who, standing near, showed him what he himself was, inasmuch as he had been manifested in the form of that which was invisible. Moreover, the pronunciation of his name took place as follows. He spoke the first word of it, which was the beginning of all the rest, and that utterance consisted of four letters. He added the second, and this also consisted of four letters. Next he uttered the third, and this, again, embraced ten letters. Finally he pronounced the fourth, which was composed of twelve letters. Thus took place the enunciation of the whole name, consisting of thirty letters and four distinct utterances. Each of these elements has its own peculiar letters and character and pronunciation and forms and images and there is not one of them that perceives the shape of that utterance of which it is an element. Neither does any one know itself, nor is acquainted with the pronunciation of its neighbor, but each one imagines that by its own utterance it does, in fact, name the whole. For while every one of them is a part of the whole, and imagines its own sound to be the whole name, and does not leave off sounding until, by its own utterance, it has reached the last letter of each of the elements. This teacher declares that the restitution of all things will take place when all these, mixing into one letter, shall utter one and the same sound. He imagines that the emblem of this utterance is found in Amen, which we pronounce in concert. The diverse sounds, he adds, are those which give form to that eon who is without material substance and unbegotten. And these, again, are the forms which the Lord has called angels, who continually behold the face of the Father. 2. Those names of the elements which may be told, and are common, he has called eons, and words, and roots, and seeds, and fullnesses, and fruits. He asserts that each of these, and all that is peculiar to every one of them, is to be understood as contained in the name Ecclesia. Of these elements, the last letter of the last one uttered its voice, 
and this sound going forth generated its own elements after the image of the other elements, by which he affirms that both the things here below were arranged into the order they occupy, and those that preceded them were called into existence. He also maintains that the letter itself, the sound of which followed that sound below, was received up again by the syllable to which it belonged, in order to the completion of the whole, but that the sound remained below as if cast outside. But the element itself from which the letter with its special pronunciation descended to that below, he affirms to consist of thirty letters, while each of these letters, again, contains other letters in itself, by means of which the name of the letter is expressed. And thus, again, others are named by other letters, and others by still others, so that the multitude of letters swells out into infinitude. You may more clearly understand what I mean by the following example. The word delta contains five letters, that is, D-E-L-T-A. These letters, again, are written by other letters, and others by still others. If, then, the entire composition of the word delta, when thus analyzed, runs out into infinitude, letters continually generating other letters and following one another in constant succession, how much vaster than that one word is the entire ocean of letters? And if even one letter be thus infinite, just consider the immensity of the letters in the entire name, out of which the Sieg of Marcus has taught us the propater is composed. For which reason, the father, knowing the incomprehensibleness of his own nature, assigned to the elements, which he also terms eons, the power of each one uttering its own enunciation, because no one of them was capable by itself of uttering the whole. 3. Moreover, the tetrad, explaining these things to him more fully, said, I wish to show thee Alethea, Truth, herself, for I have brought her down from the dwellings above, that thou mayest see her without a veil, and understand her beauty, that thou mayest also hear her speaking, and admire her wisdom. Behold, then, her head on high, Alpha and Omega, her neck, Beta and Psi, her shoulders with her hands, Gamma and Chi, her breast, Delta and Phi, her diaphragm, Epsilon and Upsilon, her back, Zeta and Tau, her belly, Eta and Sigma, her thighs, Theta and Rho, her knees, Iota and Pi, her legs, Kappa and Omicron, her ankles, Lambda and Z, her feet, Mu and Nu. Such is the body of truth, according to this magician, such the figure of the element, such the character of the letter. And he calls this element Anthropos, man, and says that is the fountain of all speech, and the beginning of all sound, and the expression of all that is unspeakable, and the mouth of the silent Sieg. This, indeed, is the body of truth. But do thou, elevating the thoughts of thy mind on high, listen from the mouth of truth to the self-begotten word, who is also the dispenser of the bounty of the Father. When she, the tetrad, had spoken these things, Alethea looked at him, opened her mouth, and uttered a word. That word was a name, and the name was this one, which we do know and speak of, that is, Christ Jesus. When she had uttered this name, 
she at once relapsed into silence. And as Marcus waited in the expectation that she would say something more, the tetrad again came forward and said, Thou hast reckoned as contemptible that word which thou hast heard from the mouth of Aletheia. This which thou knowest and seemest to possess is not an ancient name, for thou possessest the sound of it merely, whilst thou art ignorant of its power. For Jesus is a name arithmetically symbolical, consisting of six letters, and is known by all those that belong to the called. But that which is among the eons of the Pleroma consists of many parts, and is of another form and shape, and is known by these angels who are joined in affinity with him, and whose figures, mightinesses, are always present with him. 5. Know, then, that the four and twenty letters which you possess are symbolical emanations of the three powers that contain the entire number of the elements above. For you are to reckon thus, that the nine mute letters are the images of Pater and Aletheia, because they are without voice, that is, of such nature as cannot be uttered or pronounced. But the semi-vowels represent Logos and Zoe, because they are, as it were, midway between the consonants and the vowels, partaking of the nature of both. The vowels, again, are representative of Anthropos and Ecclesia, inasmuch as a voice proceeding from Anthropos gave being to them all, for the sound of the voice imparted to them form. Thus, then, Logos and Zoe possess eight of the letters, Anthropos and Ecclesia, seven, and Pater and Aletheia, nine. But since the number allotted to each was unequal, he who existed in the Father came down, having been specially sent by him from whom he was separated, for the rectification of what had taken place, that the unity of the Pleromas, being endowed with equality, might develop in all that one power which flows from them all. Thus that division, which had only seven letters, received the power of eight, and the three sets were rendered alike in point of number, all becoming Agdodes, which three, when brought together, constitute the number four and twenty. The three elements, too, which he declares to exist in conjunction with three powers, and thus form the six from which have flowed the twenty-four letters, being quadrupled by the word of the ineffable tetrad, give rise to the same number with them. And these elements he maintains to belong to him who cannot be named. These, again, were endowed by the three powers with a resemblance to him who is invisible. And he says that those letters which we call double are the images of the images of the elements. And if these be added to the four and twenty letters, by force of analogy, they form the number thirty. 6. He asserts that the fruit of this arrangement and analogy has been manifested in the likeness of an image, namely, him who, after six days, ascended into the mountain along with three others, and then became one of the six, the sixth, in which character he descended, and was contained in the hebdomad, since he was the illustrious Agdod, and contained in himself the entire number of the elements, which the descent of the dove, who is Alpha and Omega, made clearly manifest when he came to be baptized, 
for the number of the dove is eight hundred and one. And for this reason did Moses declare that man was formed on the sixth day. And then, again, according to arrangement, it was on the sixth day, which is the preparation, that the last man appeared, for the regeneration of the first. Of this arrangement, both the beginning and the end were formed at that sixth hour at which he was nailed to the tree. For that perfect being knows, knowing that the number six had the power both of formation and regeneration, declared to the children of light that regeneration which has been wrought out by him who appeared as the Episamon in regard to that number. Whence also he declares it is that the double letters contain the Episamon number. For this Episamon, when joined to the twenty-four elements, completed the name of thirty letters. 7. He employed as his instrument, as the Sieg of Marcus declares, the power of seven letters, in order that the fruit of the independent will of Achamoth may be revealed. Consider this present Episamon, she says, him who was formed after the original Episamon, as being, as it were, divided or cut into two parts, and remaining outside, who, by his own power and wisdom, through means of that which had been produced by himself, gave life to this world, consisting of seven powers, after the likeness of the power of the Hebdomad, and so formed it, that is, the soul of everything visible. And he indeed uses this work himself, as if it had been formed by his own free will. But the rest, as being images of what cannot be fully imitated, are subservient to the enthymesis of the mother. And the first heaven indeed pronounces Alpha, the next to this Epsilon, the third Eta, the fourth, which is also in the midst of the seven, utters the sound of Iota, the fifth Omicron, the sixth Upsilon, the seventh, which is also the fourth from the middle, utters the elegant Omega, as the Sieg of Marcus, talking a deal of nonsense, but uttering no word of truth, confidently asserts. And these powers, she adds, being all simultaneously clasped into each other's embrace, do sound out the glory of him by whom they were produced, and the glory of that sound is transmitted upward to the propater. She asserts, moreover, that the sound of this uttering of praise, having been wafted to the earth, has become the framer and parent of those things which are on the earth. 8. He instances, in proof of this, the case of infants who have just been born, the cry of whom, as soon as they have issued from the womb, is in accordance with the sound of every one of these elements. As then, he says, the seven powers glorify the word, so also does the complaining soul of infants. For this reason, too, David said, Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. And again, the heavens declare the glory of God. Hence also it comes to pass, that when the soul is involved in difficulties and distresses, for its own relief it cries out, Oh! in honor of the letter in question, so that its cognate soul above may recognize its distress and send down to it relief. 9. Thus it is that in regard to the whole name, which consists of thirty letters, and by thus, who receives his increase from the letters of this name, and, moreover, the body of Aletheia, 
which is composed of twelve members, each of which consists of two letters, and the voice which she uttered without having spoken at all, and in regard to the analysis of that name which cannot be expressed in words, and the soul of the world and of man, according as they possess that arrangement, which is after the image of things above, he has uttered his nonsensical opinions. It remains that I relate how the tetrad showed him, from the names, a power equal in number, so that nothing, my friend, which I have received as spoken by him, may remain unknown to thee, and thus thy request, often proposed to me, may be fulfilled. Chapter 15 Sieg relates to Marcus the generation of the twenty-four elements and of Jesus. Exposure of these absurdities. 1. The all-wise Sieg then announced the production of the four-and-twenty elements to him as follows. Along with the monotes, there coexisted henotes, from which sprang two productions, as we have remarked above, monos and hen which, added to the other two, make four, for twice two are four. And again, two and four, when added together, exhibit the number six. And further, these six being quadrupled, give rise to the four and twenty forms. And the names of the first tetrad, which are understood to be most holy, and not capable of being expressed in words, are known by the Son alone, while the Father also knows what they are. The other names which are to be uttered with respect, and faith, and reverence, are, according to him, Eratos and Sieg, Pater and Aletheia. Now the entire number of this tetrad amounts to four and twenty letters, for the name Eratos contains in itself seven letters, Sieg, five, Pater, five, and Aletheia, seven. If all these be added together, twice five and twice seven, they complete the number twenty-four. In like manner, also, the second tetrad, Logos and Zo, Anthropos and Ecclesia, reveal the same number of elements. Moreover, that name of the Saviour which may be pronounced, that is, Jesus, consists of six letters, but his unutterable name comprises four and twenty letters. The name Christ the Son comprises twelve letters, but that which is unpronounceable in Christ contains thirty letters. And for this reason he declares that he is Alpha and Omega, that he may indicate the dove, inasmuch as that bird has this number in its name. 2. But Jesus, he affirms, has the following unspeakable origin. From the mother of all things, that is, the first tetrad, there came forth a second tetrad, after the manner of a daughter, and thus an ogdode was formed, from which again a decad proceeded, thus was produced a decad and an ogdode. The decad, then, being joined with the ogdode, and multiplying it ten times, gave rise to the number eighty, and again, multiplying eighty ten times, produced the number eight hundred. Thus, then, the whole number of the letters proceeding from the Ogdodes, multiplied into the Decad, is 888. This is the name of Jesus, for this name, if you reckon up the numerical value of the letters, amounts to 888. Thus, then, 
you have a clear statement of their opinion as to the origin of the supercelestial Jesus. Wherefore, also, the alphabet of the Greeks contains eight monads, eight decades, and eight hectares, which present the number 888, that is, Jesus, who is formed of all numbers, and on this account he is called Alpha and Omega, indicating his origin from all. And again they put the matter thus. If the first tetrad be added up according to the progression of number, the number ten appears. For one, and two, and three, and four, when added together, form ten. And this, as they will have it, is Jesus. Moreover, Christus, he says, being a word of eight letters, indicates that the first ogdode, and this, when multiplied by ten, gives birth to Jesus. And Christ the Son, he says, is also spoken of, that this, the duodecad. For the name Son contains four letters, and Christ, Christus, eight, which, being combined, point out the greatness of the duodecad. But, he alleges, before the episamen of the name appeared, that is, Jesus the Son, mankind were involved in great ignorance and error. But when this name of six letters was manifested, the person bearing it clothing himself in flesh, that he may come under the apprehension of man's senses, and having in himself these six and twenty-four letters, then, becoming acquainted with him, they ceased from their ignorance, and passed from death unto life, this name serving as their guide to the Father of Truth. For the Father of all had resolved to put an end to ignorance, and to destroy death. But this abolishing of ignorance was just the knowledge of him. And therefore that man, Anthropos, was chosen according to his will, having been formed after the image of the corresponding power above. 3. As to the eons, they proceeded from the tetrad, and in that tetrad were Anthropos and Ecclesia, Logos and Zo. The powers then, he declares, who emanated from these, generated that Jesus who appeared upon the earth. The angel Gabriel took the place of Logos, the Holy Spirit, that of Zo, the power of the highest, that of Anthropos, while the Virgin pointed out the place of Ecclesia. And thus, by a special dispensation, there was generated by him, through Mary, that man, whom, as he passed through the womb, the father of all chose to obtain the knowledge of himself by means of the word. And on his coming to the water of baptism, there descended on him, in the form of a dove, that being who had formerly ascended on high, and completed the twelfth number, in whom there existed the seed of those who were produced contemporaneously with himself, and who descended and ascended along with him. Moreover, he maintains that power which descended was the seed of the Father, which had in itself both the Father and the Son, as well as that power of Sieg, which is known by means of them, but cannot be expressed in language and also all the eons. And this was that Spirit who spoke by the mouth of Jesus, and who confessed that he was the Son of Man, as well as revealed the Father, and who, having descended into Jesus, was made one with him. And he says that the Saviour 
formed by special dispensation, did indeed destroy death, but that Christ may know the Father. He maintains, therefore, that Jesus is the name of that man formed by a special dispensation, and that he was formed after the likeness and form of that heavenly Anthropos who was about to descend upon him. After he received that eon, he possessed Anthropos himself, and Logos himself, and Pater, and Eretus, and Sieg, and Aletheia, and Ecclesia, and Zoe. Four, such ravings we may now well say, go beyond ew, ew, few, few, and every kind of tragic exclamation or utterance of misery. For who would not detest one who is the wretched contriver of such audacious falsehoods, when he perceives the truth turned by Marcus into a mere image, and that punctured all over with the letters of the alphabet? The Greeks confess that they first received sixteen letters from Cadmus, and that but recently, as compared with the beginning, the vast antiquity of which is implied in the common proverb, yesterday and before, and afterwards, in the course of time, they themselves invented, at one period, the aspirates, and at another the double letters, while last of all, they say, Palamides added the long letters to the former. Was it so, then, that until these things took place among the Greeks, truth had no existence? For according to thee, Marcus, the body of truth is posterior to Cadmus and those who preceded him, posterior also to those who added the rest of the letters, posterior even to thyself. For thou alone hast formed that which is called by thee the truth into an outward, visible image. 5. But who will tolerate thy nonsensical Sieg, who names him that cannot be named, and expounds the nature of him that is unspeakable, and searches out him that is unsearchable, and declares that he whom thou maintainest to be destitute of body and form, opened his mouth and sent forth the word, as if he were included among organized beings, and that his word, well like to his author, and bearing the image of the invisible, nevertheless consisted of thirty elements and four syllables? It will follow, then, according to thy theory, that the Father of all, in accordance with the likeness of the word, consists of thirty elements and four syllables." Or, again, who will tolerate thee in thy juggling with forms and numbers? At one time thirty, at another twenty-four, and at another, again, only six, whilst thou shuttest up in these the word of God, the founder, and framer, and maker of all things, and then, again, cutting him up piecemeal into four syllables and thirty elements, and bringing down the Lord of all who founded the heavens, to the number 888, so that he should be similar to the alphabet, and subdividing the Father, who cannot be contained, but contains all things, into a tetrad, and an ogdode, and a decad, and a duodecad, and by such multiplications, setting forth the unspeakable and inconceivable nature of the Father, as thou thyself declarest it to be? 
and showing thyself a very dadalus for evil intention and the wicked architect of the supreme power thou dost construct a nature and substance for him whom thou callest incorporeal and immaterial out of a multitude of letters generated the one by the other and that power whom thou affirmest to be indivisible thus does nevertheless divide into consonants and vowels and semi-vowels and falsely ascribing these letters which are mute to the father of all things and to his enua thought thou hast driven on all that place confidence in thee to the highest point of blasphemy and to the grossest impiety six with good reason therefore and very fittingly in reference to thy rash attempt has that divine elder and preacher of the truth burst forth in verse against thee as follows marcus thou former of idols inspector of portents skilled in consulting the stars and deep in the black arts of magic ever by tricks such as these confirming the doctrines of error furnishing signs unto those involved by thee in deception wonders of power that is utterly severed from god and apostate which satan thy true father enables thee still to accomplish by means of azazel that fallen and yet mighty angel thus making thee the precursor of his own impious actions such are the words of the saintly elder and i shall endeavor to state the remainder of their mystical system which runs out to great length in brief compass and to bring to light what has for a long time been concealed for in this way such things will become easily susceptible of exposure by all end of book 1 chapters 14 through 15 recording by abigail bartels ham lake minnesota